Greetings, everyone. This is the Hipster Snack and another episode of the Tomodachi Bros Review Podcast, Season 3, Season 2 coming soon, trademark. Today, joining me is Clockwork Fiction. Surviving on synthetic, cold meds, and broken dreams. Awesome. And also, Master Dutaku is also here. Broken dreams? Oh, oh, oh you poor sweet summer child. <laughs> Y'all still have dreams. You, 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 have, you have broken <laughs> dreams. I was forged by disappointment. <laughs> I, I, I know. I, I know the feelings of disappointment. I too am a fan of Monster Rancher. So today we are getting into uh, our gripes, our complaints, our whinging, and our whining. But before we do, I'm going to open the floor for any current nerd news. Uh, usually I go in uh, alphabetical order, so today we're going to do backwards. And Ditaku, you control the floor. Oh, well, I actually saw something. It's not exactly like bleeding edge, you know, hot off the presses, you know. This is going to sell like hot cake. <laughs> but I think it's still huge, and uh, I think it's still newsworthy. Right. Apparently, there has been a back-and-forth Cold War over the new uh, Snow White that Disney was supposed to release. I saw something about because, that. Oh, oh, oh. It, it has gotten silly, but let me explain. Um, so, Disney was going to release Snow White at the end of the year. But then, Daily Wire, who has been trying to release you know new actual like popular fiction and other content just for entertainment right announced that they were going to do an actual like two uh faithful to the grim's fairy tales snow white adaptation themselves basically throwing the gauntlet down also with the understanding that their version is going to be way cheaper and so it will be way easier to not only recoup their losses but also actually make money and Disney, in reaction to this, basically went, uh, um, uh, uh, our, our, our version isn't going to be coming out until uh, 2025. Oh, uh, by the way, all of the dwarves are actually going to be like magical fairy tale creatures again, not just like, you know, the planeteers. The, the guys who just happened to wander onto set that day. Yeah, yeah, it's not like the, the like the, the seven randos that are just hanging out with them. Like they actually showed a lot like um, a fake grand like, order. Quote unquote Yeah. Well see the funny thing is is that the seven outlaws and that are actually like they're actually closer to uh, <laughs> yeah, the Crimson Fairy Tales, especially considering that they flat out explain that they're like, Yeah, we're not actually dwarves, but you know, none of these fairy tales are going the way that they're supposed to. So right. That, I mean, that's fair. That's fair. I mean, we're literally fighting Cinderella right now. So, But, um, yeah, so they actually kind of look like dwarves now, although still they have not actually hired any, like, actual little people, actors. I don't, I don't even know what the, like, the quote-unquote politically correct term for that is. I you know, short, short guys, short, short guys. They're, the short, but, uh, yeah. short kings. So basically, yeah, yes. the short, the, the pocket princes. They haven't gotten any. 
<laughs> but anyways, yeah, so there's just like, apparently that's, that's where things are, is that Daily Wire is not only going to release theirs, it's going to release it first. And also, this is basically all but implying that Disney is going to lose even more money because it basically they are announcing, yeah, not only do we have to basically make an entirely new film in order to compete with this effective indie company that's like, you know, dunking on us, but uh, it, it's basically they they are just kind of also acknowledging that the Daily Wire is going to do better than them. And uh, if you actually see their um, their Snow White actress, honestly, I would say that uh, yeah, I, I think she's way hotter than Rachel Zegler is. Uh, I have not seen it, but now that you have said that, I will have to investigate this. I mean, yeah, see, the funny thing is, is like they have Gal Gadot being the evil queen in the Disney version. And so it's like Rachel Ziegler versus Gal Gadot. Like, why would dark queen Gal Gadot be like, oh, she's pretty? It's like, no, she'd be like, oh, ugh. I I don't want to be around you. Not to mention the original line in the fairy tale was, who's the fairest? Fair does not mean beautiful, fair means pale. Yes, but they don't understand that because words meaning things is difficult. Yeah, no, that that's true facts. And uh, that, that, you know, this kind of reminds me of wasn't it like just a year or two ago where there was like three Pinocchio movies all released in the same year? I don't honestly know. I, I recall there was supposed to be a few, but honestly, like Del Toro had one, Disney had one, and there was something else. I think. None of them made any impact because, like, all I heard was, like, these are coming out, and then no one made a big I'm going to be perfectly real. I haven't I haven't watched a, a, a modern movie in quite some time. I am in that in that current sense just because I just have no absolute interest in almost anything coming out nowadays. Yeah, like I only go to the theater. Like That's why this Netflix are so slow. It's like the last couple I did were like I did Five Nights at Freddy's was the most recent one. Then I did like Dungeons and Dragons, Super Mario, and Sonic 2. <laughs> Sonic 2 has been out for a while. <laughs> okay, so you know what? Here, uh, I'm going to do the, the, the Taku Flix for Doom. <laughs> okay. The 2021 Doom. All right. Don't watch it. It's not good. <laughs> don't, don't watch it. I mean, the animation, the animation slash anime uh, scene has been more has been popping off more and morally east uh, the two that i've been interested in recently uh looking at is there's apparently an onimusha anime that was released recently no oh, and cool. one called blue on an animation called blue-eyed samurai that's on netflix now look at both of them like, those look pretty cool both of them do and then not to talk about the last podcast where i talked about uh captain laserhawk and uh castlevania there's it's been a, just a lot of different stuff coming out recently also hmm. apparently um the I don't know who I don't I don't know names unfortunately. Uh, there's an anime that was released recently that's supposed to be really good called Pluto, which is a spinoff slash a prequel to Astro Boy on Netflix as well. Huh. It's uh, the, the manga has been out for forever. It's basically a uh, manga artist who I want to say was the one behind Planet Haze, which is a really cool science fiction series. Uh, basically taking a very famous arc from Astro Boy and 
effectively like doing the dark and gritty version of it. I've I've been told it's it's good, but at the same time, no, I'm thinking about it from you know back in like 2007 when someone was like, "Oh yeah, Pluto is super awesome," and I'm like, "Wow, that's really good art." So, Mm -hmm. okay, all right, so, uh, but yeah, that's that's my thing. So, all right, so Mr. Clockwork. What what do you bring to the table this fair evening? Uh, BlizzCon happened or is happening. Uh, just a couple quick things to go through. Uh, Overwatch has a new tank coming out, which looks pretty cool. If anyone still plays that, it looks like the dude uh, from Maona. That's what I thought too <laughs> at the beginning, beginning. But I mean, that's kind of their art style they're going with, so it's kind of hard to get away from it. But I'm not ter- I'm not. I don't really play much of Overwatch. If I did, it's just usually the casual, which usually you don't see a lot of people playing anymore. I gave up um, years ago. Chris Metzen, it was in the news a while ago. I don't know if I covered it. But Chris Metzen came back to the team, which was very interesting because I could have sworn he was on another team when the old CEO had left and started their own development of another MMO. So I'm assuming that has tanked. The t- team? What What team? The Overwatch team? No, uh, Chris Metzen. I don't know who the, that uh, is. The, the, War, the Warcraft team. Uh, he's oh. the he's the, the writer for World of Warcraft or Warcraft in general. Sorry. Yes, um, you, you got to specify these things, my man. Okay, yep, see, sorry. This is the problem, Clockwork. Is that you know you're like when we're like ah yes we you know talk about Leo Tolstoy or you know ah talk about you know uh, George Hemingway or Ernest Hemingway George Orwell you know and you're like who. Ooh, ooh, but you're like, oh, yes, the technical advisor, the wizard. (laughs) You got to give us a little more context is what we're saying. Uh, So the writer, the the writer for uh, Warcraft, Chris Metzen, came back. Okay. um, And they released uh, the announcement for three new expansions for World of Warcraft in a arc they're calling. uh, And I totally forgot the name of it, but it's a it's a whole saga a la Final Fantasy 14. Um, they're, um, so they're kind of as they as they um, as as Final Fantasy fourteen has borrowed from World of Warcraft, they seem to be doing the same thing. Uh, they are borrowing from Final Fantasy fourteen. Okay, I do have, I do have to ask. Uh, my full experience with WoW has been the the trial edition, and the thing that I noticed in my time playing was the story just kind of seemed to happen without me. Like, is that the normal experience? Like, is there a start and finish point to a one contiguous story in WoW at all? So to break it down, so this segment is not two hours long. Um, the, the beginning, the, the how they made it, the one to sixty, is um, you getting up to speed to the next expansion, pretty much. Um, once you and you get to kind of choose a story to to kind of enter into. Up so there's to that like point. a whole bunch of choose your own adventure stories, and you just go down them when you're ready to go down them. At least that's how at least that's how I did it recently. Okay. Uh, I'm not sure if that's the same thing now because I've been out of it for quite a while. All right, I, just, I wasn't um, interested in opening Pandora's backyard shady shed, but the main, at the same time, I had to ask. The main reason is because they cut down the the leveling because we would have been at like level 160 now or something like that, something crazy. Yeah, but they cut it down back to 60 to make the leveling a lot easier. All right. Fair enough. Um, and uh, 
I think there was some Diablo news, to be perfectly honest. I think it was just had to do with some of their expansions, and none of them have been good, so I didn't really pay attention to that, to be honest. Sorry, Diablo. Sorry, Diablo fans. I just I tried it I tried to like it at least four different times, and I just can't get into this one, to be perfectly honest. It just does not feel good. Sometimes that's it though. Sometimes it's just not it's just not for you. Sometimes that mm-hmm. happens, and that's okay. That's what happened with me in Monster Rancher 3. There are a lot of fans in the fandom who are just like, oh, no, I loved Monster Rancher 3. And I'm like, cool, you saw something there that I couldn't. I don't like Monster Rancher 3. <laughs> and then the big news uh, that... that now, oh, I think my mic just... Oh, there we go. Uh, one, one of the big news that happened recently is that... You sound like you're a million miles away, my dude. He sounds like he's in a box. We put clockwork in a box. He's now boxwork. Me in a box. I don't know why you guys would do that. <laughs> I accidentally did open Pandora's shady backyard shed, and clockwork fell in. No. How about now? Do I still sound far away? No, you sound good now. Okay, my uh, I accidentally hit my mic. Um, I uh, oh yes, uh, Bobby Kotick. Unless something changes, he is the CEO of Activision Blizzard. Uh, and a lot of people believe is one of the reasons why Blizzard has fallen down this very, very bad hole as of late. It is going to be leaving in January um, on a golden parachute. Of course. Dude, nonetheless. Uh, we don't know. I don't know. Uh, unless something changes, we're not sure who's going to take his place. Now, the net, now, just this is more just news. I'm not, I don't have one thing of another by it because he, we don't know who is going to be taking over. It could be someone even worse. It could be someone even better. We we don't know. That's it'll, the scary part. It'll be one of you know. It'll be one of Billy Gates's Thai lady boys or something. It's gonna be um, Scott. It's gonna be somebody who's gonna turn World that's, of Warcraft to a, into a big gotcha game or that, something. That, like that's that. a really <laughs> stupid oblique Family Guy reference. <laughs> I'm, I'm not sorry. Way, you know, you know, you know who it is. It's gonna be uh, Snack. It's going to be Professor Snack, and he's going to make it into a monster raising simulator. Guys, okay, you see what you're doing with this this, this hunter class? I like it. I like it. Let's expand on that and make it the whole game. What? You know Monster Farm Lagoon? That, but better and less Korean. What? What? What is Monster Farm? Don't worry about it. It's fine. I have all the details in this 9,682-page document that I have written up for you. But does it have pauldrons, though? Because, you know, we can't do anything without pauldrons. Mm, Technically, golems kind of have pauldrons with the huge, giant robo-shoulders. So, yes? Mm -hmm. Oh, okay. (laughs) We can work with it. (laughs) Yes, that's Uh, the the big reveal is I'm going to become the new CEO of Activision Blizzard. Yes, that's that's the big twist. And then also... uh, Vikings (laughs) 5... And then that's pretty much all for the news. Also, uh, RoboCop Rogue City looks pretty cool. I wanted to check that out. Out, uh, it's on Steam now. Yeah. Be sure um, to give us I'll, a thorough review of that, Clockwork Sun. Let's also before it before it runs out. If you all, any of you, are interested, in what would happen if Final Fantasy mixed with Fall Guys? Uh, you don't have to imagine anymore because there is a collaboration happening in the Gold Saucer right now for that particular for that particular game. By the time um, this episode goes live, it will possibly be 2024. So awesome! Yeah, that event's probably going to be long gone by the time they hear this. <laughs> nope it, it has it will be back intermittently. Um, oh, okay. On, on an uneven schedule, so it might be it might be back. You never know. Okay, that's fair. <laughs> that's fair. That's fair. Well, see, the funny thing is, is I went in there 
just because I, I enjoy. I'm like, oh, you know, I like the gold saucer. I'll do this. And then I'm like, oh, literally it's just you doing ball guy mini games, And I'm not literally 12, so I am not going to do this. I also and play Mahjong, but that's that's just me. No, you, you so, need to get yes. Rise and... Yeah, hey, maybe your new super turbocharged PC can actually record footage from that because uh, my potato sure can't. Um, <laughs> that'd, that'd be a good idea because, like, Cog, I know Cog has World at least. Um, I know all four of us have World, so that's a team. And if you got Rise, I bet we could talk Cog into getting it. And I'm not super far into Rise, so maybe, hey, maybe you guys will get to see that. Leave a comment down below. Should we do Monster Hunter Let's Play? Let us know. So, uh, is that all the nerd news? Yeah, for me, yes. That's okay. All, that's okay. All I got. Uh, I don't really have anything particularly interesting. So we're going to get into today's topic. And uh, we've been very positive, I think. I think all throughout season three, we have maintained an aura of positivity. And I mean, even when we were critiquing very, very harshly, which I think we kind of did in the uh, Realist Hero story uh, episode. I think generally it's a very positive. It's a very constructive. Today we are going to get a little. Uh, what's a good word for this? We're going to get a little bit salty. <laughs> See, okay. To be perfectly honest, and to give some, you know, plausible deniability for the professor and to box work. Um, basically, this all stemmed from the fact that I just started to. I, I I had a a bad experience, say, uh, with um, Destiny Two, and that got me uh, got me a little bit salty, shall we say? And uh, so I'm like, you know, I, okay, I'm going to write down like my list of things that are wrong with the gaming industry at this point. And so I I came up with a list, and I'm and I brought it to the other Tumble Bros. And I'm like, hey, you know. Am I missing anything? Do you guys think of anything? And they're like, well, we can talk this next time. I'm like, well, okay. All right. So here we are. So this all stemmed from me not being happy with Destiny 2. Yes, our podcast topics are all just tangents. We randomly go on on each other. <laughs> Pretty much. I mean, if you, if you really want to know about, you know, if you want to know how the sausage is made here at the Tomo Bros factory. <laughs> That, just ca- just utter it. chaos and nonsense. Let's, let's be real. <laughs> we have lots of lots of electrical cables and lots of treadmills and lots of potatoes. <laughs> All right, I guess I will begin. Um, my big uh, one of my biggest gripes I have uh, right now, currently, especially with certain games uh, that I've been waiting for announcements before the game is even real. When the game is announced and they're talking about we're going to be making this game game starting like 2025 and I'm like, you haven't even started it yet. So it's like 10 years in the future. Why? Yep. Why? Why? And it's like, well, it's got to build a pipe. It's got to build this. It's got to build. I'm like, no. That's not how that works. That's true to like a hype certain goes, limited. Hype goes, hype goes away after a while. If you build up so much hype and the game is mid at mid at best, you, you get Duke then Nukem the game forever. is the, the, the exactly. Then the game is going to be ter- the game is going to be considered terrible because yeah, it's, it's been sitting for twelve years in the oven and this is all you got. That's actually a really interesting point. The other day, I came across this little nerdcore band called the Chalk Eaters. 
And I'm saying little, a little bit superfluously because uh, they're not. They're actually a pretty big YouTube channel, and they're fairly popular. And their stuff's pretty good. I like most of it. Um, and they did one talking about Half-Life 3. And I was just really, really tickled by it because it's like they, they seem to be blaming everything except the reality of the situation on why it's not going to happen. And I'm like, you, you guys know that Valve literally has every incentive in the world to never release it and zero incentive to ever release it. Like, the, the, first off, the meme draws attention. The, the meme is free advertising. The more Half-Life 3 confirmed memes go around, the more free advertising the existing Half-Life franchise gets. And second, it's too late. <laughs> the, the main villain of Half-Life 2, his voice actor was a man named Robert Culp, who died like seven or eight years ago. <laughs> the main villain's gone, and it, the, the, it's, it's too late. You could release an amazing game, but they're not going to view it as, oh, this game had a three-year dev cycle. They're going to view it as it's had a dev cycle since Half-Life 2 Episode 2 ended, and that's how it's going to be judged. Therefore, they have no incentive whatsoever to ever release the game, and every incentive to never release it. It's dead. Let it go, guys. Honestly, I mean, it's, I, it's been I, confirmed. It's been confirmed a while ago that the game is uh, when the uh, notes for the story had come out. Like I believe, you, I, if you do a Google search, you can find the the storyboard stuff for Half Life Three. The uh, storyboard, I was like, yeah, this game's never. This game is is dead in the water. It's there's too much hype around it. We can't all we we can't come up with a good enough a good enough you know everything to get this game yeah. to become something that we want so Valve we're just gonna run, throw this out here and yeah valve's qa team are perfectionists they're never going to be able to release anything it's too late the, the 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 window for that time period has imploded in on itself we're past the event horizon it's gone i could and this is me reaching because i could have swore i heard this somewhere but i don't have i don't have a i don't have a source on it unfortunately is that half-life and half-life 2 were more like or we're also at a show of the engine itself that it runs on, like the steam works oh, yeah. and the framework and everything like that. And that's one of the reasons why um, vampire, the masquerade bloodlines was came out in such a state is because they wanted a game running on the engine that, um, you know, they they could, you know, push out, but the team didn't have enough time to, you know, make an actual game out of it. So they ended up needing that's, a fan, a fan mod just to be able to beat it. That's not, that no. is not at all what happened. So that, that timetable does you, not add up I mean, at all. Okay, okay, all right. You have to understand that, yes, I mean, this was, it was made with the source engine, with their, whatever engine Half-Life 2 uses, which is why the facial animations are really good. Mm -hmm. But on the other hand, it was also made by Troika, which were known for, like, having huge ideas, but not being able to quite fulfill them. And secondly, it was literally Troika's last game, and basically the company imploded on themselves and they right knew after it. it was. Yeah, so the fact that it literally was unplayable to to complete was partially because it was first off Troika, and secondly, it was literally made while they were basically just collapsing on themselves like a neutron star. It, it was the last so. days of Pompeii and the Troika offices, and they were trying to make the best of what they could. And oh, okay. for, yeah. for, for what it is, it's an amazing game that needed some modding to fix. But that being said, um, yeah. also kind of, 
Uh, so it also would kind of make sense as well, the timetable, because if they release it when the Steam works as hot, then that means the game would sell more too, since everyone would want a game that has the physics and everything of what oh, yeah, no. is showing off. The, the engine is was continues to be quite popular. Like the facial animation is really detailed, like Tataku said. Uh the physics engine is not perfect, but it's quirky enough to be entertaining. And stuff like that. It makes perfect sense. And licensing an engine can make you a whole lot more money than building games can. And uh, that's the lesson that Valve learned from Half-Life and Half-Life 2. Um, now, if you want an interesting little bit of, of history, the physics-based gameplay for Half-Life was inspired by uh, one of my favorite ter- objectively terrible games, uh, Jurassic Park Trespasser. It is a bad game, a broken game, but they looked at some of the physics work in the game and were like, hey, we can do something like that. And a lot of that, uh, that a lot of that blood poured into Half-Life. Hmm. And now I you learned that one. Yep. Uh, See, this is, this is what you, this is the problem there, Dwork. You have to understand if you are going to go completely into games, game history, game design, dare I say game theory, you need to know this stuff. Everything just bleeds over apart. into itself. Mm-hmm. Yeah, gaming is yeah. a huge. Th- this okay. This is my complaint. Let, let me let me let me lay it on the line. The gaming quote unquote community, which I, I hesitate to call it that because it's talk about disjointed, disorganized, and left hand not talking to the right. <laughs> um, wow. Yeah. Uh, gaming today, especially in the generation younger than ours. Uh, doesn't seem to have an appreciation for the way that games on the whole have always kind of been a, a melting pot of ideas very heavily cribbed from other media. Uh, a lot of the horror games, for instance, come from the works of Edgar Allan Poe, H.P. Lovecraft, and just a lot of these classic Gothic-era writers, and a lot of these horror novels were incorporated to make these games. Amnesia the Dark Descent, which is one of my favorite horror games, cribs heavily from Lovecraft. Um, another one was a really good one on the GameCube was Eternal Darkness Sanity's Requiem. Very, very Lovecraft inspired. They, they kind of do their own thing oh, with the way the gods work, but like very Lovecraft. That was the one where you have to go back in time to stop Cthulhu. Yes. Well, kind of. You, like, yeah, you okay, flashed okay. back to people, like the events that already happened, basically, kind of, sort of. Uh, but yeah, no, there was like three, there was four Cthulhus, and they're in a constant war with each other, and depending on which Cthulhu you hated the least, uh, would quote-unquote win until you got the final ending where you could kill all of them. Yeah. Um, gaming, like, uh, uh, your boy Elric there, Ditaku, was heavily, heavily plagiarized for the Witcher series. Um, oh, I mean, yeah, it, and honestly, even Elric was plagiarized heavily from Saxon Blake and was literally made as an inverse of Conan, the entire thing of this evil wizard uh, being, and, and let, let make no mistake, Elric is an evil wizard, <laughs> uh, even if he is fighting eviler wizards. Yeah. Um, you know, he was, he is basically a, this, this, like creepy uh, albino who goes around doing creepy evil wizard things. Yeah. And uh, yeah, he was specifically made basically as a inverse of, you know, the 
oh, me Conan, me strong, me cool, me good looking. <laughs> and so, yeah, uh, I mean, that would, that was the intent. Yeah. Um, and a lot of this, a lot of this DNA is largely unknown to the modern crowds. And I'm like, almost every game that you guys love and almost every game that I love has its forerunner in some kind of fiction that came before it. And you can go all the way back to like the Epic of Gilgamesh in this regard, because like all these things, there is nothing new under the sun, guys. You're never going to find ideas that are 100% brand new and original. They're all coming from somewhere. Now that's not a bad thing. Like uh, uh, an okay idea executed well is always going to be more interesting than a gimmick that's executed poorly. So bear that in mind. (laughs) That being said, this, this segues really nicely into one, something I really, that's kind of my bugaboo. Sure. Um, is that being said though, O M G O my grush, my girlies, but <laughs> the gaming industry needs to stop going to the quote unquote dark fantasy slash dark fairy tale. Well, because it's not good. It's not interesting. It's not unique. All I see are just like in a world where darkness dwells and everyone is really, really pretty and looking and they all have giant pauldrons and also we have swords and stuff and we fight bad guys, but we're also bad guys. And here's the Mad Hatter and he's crazy looking and he's got like giant scissors and there's the March Hare and he's crazy and the the the, the Red Queen, and she's crazy too. It's like, eh. oh my goodness, this is very trite, very boring, and yeah. yet every single developer is like, oh my goodness, guys, no one's ever done this before. It's like, no, no, no. If you're going, I mean, here's the thing: I think that kind of thing can work, but the problem is they tend to fall back on a lot of the same ideas. They're, they're, they're rehashing stuff that other devs have done before, hoping to copy their success and basically not really changing things or, or really trying to be in any way, not even novel. Like they're, they're not even trying to do any, they are pushing no envelopes. They're doing nothing that requires any effort. They're, they're mimicking, they're parroting things that came before them. And that's the disappointment. Yeah, yeah, and honestly, I mean, I, I you know, as much as I'm going to, sh- I'm sure that Boxwork is going to, you know, to clap back on this. I mean, Blizzard, to a large extent, is responsible for this with uh, the promulgation of the, the Warcraft. Like, oh, we're just going to take from all of fantasy, except that we're all going to just put it into this blender and make it awful. <laughs> and so they, they, and the sad part is, is like you look at earlier Warcraft, and yeah, it's it's very much like derivative, but there was a, a humor. It didn't take itself terribly seriously, and it it had its own voice. But you know, look at me and tell me with a straight face. Yes, wow, you know, has its own unique voice because it doesn't. It it is. I mean, maybe at one most. point it did. But like that that's the thing. You're having you're having this problem where you're replacing writers with new incoming writers who 
continue to pander to the biggest possible audiences they can. Um, shout out to the South Park crew for their excellent episode <laughs> on this exact topic. Because, like, if you guys I, haven't if you guys haven't seen it, you need to watch <laughs> the, the into the pander verse because it's amazing. I, I haven't seen it yet. Everyone says it's good. I oh my god! Uh, so, like, the, the 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 long and short of it is, it turns out Disney has this thing called the Pander Stone, which is not the Infinity Stone, basically. But like, it makes it so you can turn any work into a pander fest where it it goes to as big an audience as possible. But then they realize if you overuse it, if you go too far trying to appeal to everybody, you appeal to nobody and you, you, it becomes recursive. Uh, and it's, it's so good. <laughs> so good. Um, you, you end well, up appealing to nobody when you do that. Well, what I was going to say is that I do know that, um, I mean, Warcraft uh, was based off a lot of other stuff. I think Warhammer was a pro- Warhammer Fantasy was a prominent uh, stake in uh, the early Warcraft and everything like that. But oh, yeah. uh, the early the early stuff from World of Warcraft did have its own kind of you know style and you know I would say I would say it probably borrowed a good amount of stuff probably from Ult- uh, Ultima uh, Ultima yeah Ultima probably and EverQuest and everything. And co- but they kind of made their own thing out of it. Nowadays, it's you know everybody is trying to make an MMO based off of World of Warcraft. Yeah, um, didn't work out very well. Didn't work out very well. But Warcraft has kind of lost. Like it's it's so old and not in that not in the and I mean just the way what it's trying to what the story is trying to tell now is like, it doesn't, doesn't work as well anymore. Or that's also a reason why everybody like, um, why when they decide to release what they call world of Warcraft classic, which is a server that's based off the first game, the vanilla game, the game before the, all the expansions. And I was like, wait, why there's so many people playing this game? Because people never really wanted it to be much different than what it was before. (laughs) It's nostalgia. And, um, yeah, I'm going to be that guy right now. Um, nostalgia hype is extremely overrated. Um, I get, I'm going to be that guy right now, I guess. <laughs> I think we're far enough into the video where, where uh, people who strongly disagree with this would have clicked off anyway. Uh, uh, you know, you know uh, Mega Man 9 and 10 exist, and they're not very good because they were like, guys, what if you made a brand new game but basically put as much effort into it as our NES titles? And they were like, oh, brilliant. The, the nostalgia all the way. There are proper ways to utilize nostalgia and then there's that Panderstone effect. <laughs> you you go too far with it. That's why no one remembers Mega Man 9 or 10. That's why everyone's like, dude, Mega Man 11. Mega Man 11 is so good. And guess what? It is. Mega Man 11 is fantastic. And like that's the problem, is there's so much. And like the indie scene is really, really guilty of this, and it kills me. But like, guys, we do not need another quirky zany jrpg styled game based off of mother we all played mother and if any of us have any objectivity in us whatsoever we'll kind of acknowledge that it's one out of three in terms of good games mother 2 was good not amazing it was good great i dare say mother 1 and mother 3 suck (laughs) you know bust out your snake effigies and torch them, or hang them, or run them through with a pitchfork, but search your feelings, you know it to be true. How can you hang a snack? I mean, it, I mean we're like... Really uh, well, Karis, uh, we're like 90% neck. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> Karis realized he messed up. <laughs> well, uh, I have made a mistake. 
I mean, nostalgia for me works in a couple different ways. Um, it kind of depends on also what they're using it as. Oh like, yeah, I don't think definitely. The, I don't think the World of Warcraft uh, classic, because the way they did it was they pretty much just said, okay, we're going to leave the game exactly the way it was, except we'll probably fix a couple of like game breaking bugs and stuff like that, right. just so that way like the game works a bit better than it did before. But we're going to relatively yeah, leave it the same life. as it all was. Uh, so I'm like, that's fine, because I mean, if that's what people want to play. That's what people want to play. I mean, I hate to bring it up, but I mean, people love melee, so people still play melee. One way or another, they will find a way to play it. And I'm so <laughs> sorry for those people whose parents locked them under the stairs and only gave them one game to play their entire childhood. It's it's truly a tragedy um, when this kind of abuse happens. But the but the sorry, I was gonna say uh, I was gonna say the. Uh, it just really depends on how you. It really just kind of depends on um, how they implement it. Like I, like I think the Crash Bandicoot and the Spyro trilogy, like when they release those, I'm like, oh, those are really cool because they're they're pretty much still the same game except with the new new shine. And, you know. <laughs> no, they're not. No, uh-huh. they're not. They are no, very heavily overhauled, actually. I mean the, that. The, I mean that bridge. That bridge. Uh, that bridge uh, level from number one is still pretty tough. I'm not gonna lie. The the physics engine is very different, at least in Crash. I can't say anything about Spyro, but um, yeah. And I was just going to say, you know, you know, going back to this next thing about you know locking them under the stairs. I mean, how else are they going to become the galactic fighter races if they can't just play one game over and over and over and over again? I, I know, right? That's how you become the Starfighter. Hmm. I mean, yeah, that's, that's true. Last. Starfighter. That, that that's true. You're a starfighter. You're a <laughs> starfighter, Larry. You're a starfighter, Larry. <laughs> I I kind of went from from Hagrid to Senator Armstrong there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and my You're other a starfighter, Larry. <laughs> and can't make an omelet without breaking a few eggs. I for one would vote for Starfighter Senator Armstrong. <laughs> That game was so ahead of its time; it had no idea. What, what were you and saying, my, Clockwork? My other, uh, my other gripe that I have down here is just uh, early access is real games, uh, games that come out uh, heavily unoptimized, or that are pretty much using paying players as QA teams to fix it later. Now I know that I play a game, and I'm playing it right. I'll be playing it right now since then. Uh, Cyberpunk that was pretty much the, the biggest, buggiest mess ever, and they pretty much like had to use the people to figure out what exactly was the biggest issues and fix it so that way it was playable again, so they could get put back onto the Sony PlayStation storefront. Yeah. Um, but there's also like uh, like I heard there's a night game called I think it was like CD Skylines Two that recently came out. Apparently, like even people with like with NASA Space Center console uh, setups can't run this game because they decided they're going to make it so everybody, like every little NPC that walks around in your city apparently has a high poly like face model or something like that. So like your game is like trying, your game is pretty much trying to like create an actual civilization in the game and it doesn't, it doesn't work. Oh, <laughs> it doesn't work very well. Yes. Uh, okay. Yeah, I was about to say, I, you know, it's funny that you, you're bringing up, a, you know, early access when, yeah, literally, you're like, guys, I can't start playing Cyberpunk. I'm like, wow, I did not realize that, you know, bad taste was terminal. But, okay, um, 
but yeah, I mean, this literally is less a case of early access and more a case of just the fact that they didn't finish the game. <laughs> they well, not, it's not even that. It's the fact that they don't even like. Uh, basically, we're so flush with resources in terms of computing power now for just a standard system that they never are like, you know, maybe we don't need to have like, you know, a, a like fully photorealistic model for, you know, our tiny little citizens and, you know, city build man, yes, equals very good. You know, maybe we, we don't need to do that. Maybe we could just have like little low poly facsimiles because we're never actually going to, you know, have people like zoom in to the point where they're going to be able to see people. Mm. I think the and other issue. Do, oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, I was just, you oh. know, if they do, it's like, you're going to be like, well, uh, I don't know how to tell you this there, Jimmy, Jimmy, but uh, this is a city builder game. It is not a talk down to your citizens game. <laughs> this is not the Sims. This is city build man. This is not black so, and white. Yeah, no, no. <laughs> it's like, cause, cause like, yeah, no. I've, I've noticed that too. Like, a good example of using your resources effectively is is our boy Earth Defense Force, because if you're far away from the target, they're only animated at like twelve frames per second. But you're so far away from your target that you probably have like enemies that are much closer to you that are animated at much more smooth frame rates as you get closer to them. So, like, they can spawn more dudes in, but they have, like, the low-poly, smooth-texture, low-FPS models who are for far away. And then when the enemy approaches you, the game's like, oh, okay, now I'll load in this, like, higher-res model into the RAM and let it animate faster because now you've already killed all the enemies who are close to you. So now these far-away guys are now viable targets. And it's like... That's a skydiver. Yeah, it is really funny to actually watch <laughs> the guys who come in and they're just kind of like doing this very janky like stool walk of like, eh, 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 and then they come like within 200 meters of you. And at which point they're like, oh, yeah, I have knees. <laughs> I can start using yeah, my knees it, now. So yeah. the point I wanted, the, the kind of thing I want to I want to preface, though, is that like um, I'm not bagging on early access in general. If people if if a company like a small indie company needs extra funds and they want and they ask, like, hey, would you buy the? Would you mind buying this game? And so that way you can fund us more so we can complete it. I mean, it's more like Kickstarter in that way, but except you're actually getting the game to play, even if it is an unfinished mess. Uh, the main thing is that I think what uh, No Man's Sky and Cyberpunk have done is shown that, because Cyberpunk is working and actually mostly complete, there's still features that they're not going to add into it, which sucks. But um, like they show that you know the game could be a buggy, unoptimized, giant mess, and then come back from the dead and you know be really good. No, I was told No Man's Sky right now is actually a good, a really good game if you uh, like space it is. Sims it is. and Cyberpunk 2077. In my opinion, is is uh, it's kind of really really good right now as well, especially with the new DLC. Um, but I mean, if you throw it up in front of me and say, "Hey, this is an early access game, but it has a cool idea." Do you want to play it and may and support us? So I'm like, yeah, sure, why not? Or no, I don't think this game is for me. I'm not going to support it or what have you. But if you release a game like, hey, here's our new game, you played like this doesn't work. Or he's like, oh yeah, we're still making. It's like, why didn't you, you guys? Oh Jesus, <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. 
No, I stop I, using I us. Stop using us as your QA team when they <laughs> spend money. That's what QA teams are for. Yeah, and like if you're gonna do if you're gonna do early access, I've seen some games on Steam do early access really really well. But like, first off, you should be charging like way less than a full release, and second, like be honest with your timetable because if they don't even give like an estimate, then yeah, the only game that I trust to be in beta and like admit it's a beta, but admit that it doesn't have a full release schedule is Dwarf Fortress. <laughs> yes, officially <laughs> Dwarf Fortress has been in beta for years and will probably remain in it until Tarn Adams has added 100 features. He's, he's, I think he was joking when he said it, but he's like, yeah, it'll be a full release when there's like 100 unique features of the game that the game can boast. Um, we're still not sure if he was joking about that or not. Because, mm. you know, it's Tarn Adams, you never know. <laughs> yeah. Okay, well, I, I have a few, you know, if we're at that point where no one cares what we're saying anymore. We're at the 45-minute mark, go crazy. Okay, so, this is kind of a one-two for wham-bam. Right. Uh, first off, I don't care about your politics. I don't care. You don't care. Honestly, if, if it's a game that, you know, you know, you have an ideology and it's good for the, the game. Great. But if you're suddenly you just, you know, I'm playing like, you know, shoot, kill guy. And then they're like, oh, man, I sure do. You know, want to talk about real life issue. And it's like, but I'm just here shooting bad guy with my gun. And they're like, no, you need to stop now. We're talking about real life issue. Then I, it, it is not good. It's jarring. It doesn't fit anything. And it is just basically a soapbox for the developer to just basically have a captive audience and they can soliloquize about things. I'm it's assuming you, I'm assuming you mean more like be more upfront with your with your politics and what the game's going to be than just well, hiding it and hiding it and then having it jump out of the soapbox. No, well, yes, and also if you are going to apply it, like for instance, I am going to say this: Bioshock is an is a good example. Not only is the game classy as heck because of its Art Deco uh, art design, but also, I mean, I'm going to say this: Andrew Ryan is not a good representation of objectivism no he is not it it's it's not but i will say it this way the entire conceit of the game is built around andrew ryan's effective fall from grace and so i can forgive them the fact that they're basically trying to straw man objectivism in the way that they do so you know i, I will say you know i disagree but at the same time, I think it's a good game. I think that, you know, you, the story has merit for this reason. Yeah, definitely. In, in, it's in, not that they can't instance, make a uh, point. It's that, uh, well, I imagine you're going there with your next example. Okay. For Okay. Bad example. <laughs> the Last of Us 2. Fungus Boogaloo. The entire situation <laughs> where they straight up kill the main character of the first game. And you, and this causes the entire thing to go on to this really contrived revenge plot where, you know, you have this little waifish little girl 
going to fight this like hulking space marine looking uh, beautiful queen and then going, no, I won't kill you even though you killed my dad, you sitter, because that will make me just as bad as you. And it's like, uh, okay, that, uh, that no. entire thing. Yeah, first off, this beautiful queen is very clearly just, she is very clearly a beautiful queen. Clearly. But also, I mean, they have made no qualms about killing any other person up to this point. Just what makes that the beautiful one. queen. Yeah. Not the roid monster. The, <laughs> the roid raging muscle monster is where we're supposed to draw a line. Like, why? Beautiful queen snack. <laughs> but anyways, so yeah, yes. I mean, there's this is such a thing with modern games and almost all of its Western devs. They gotta they gotta cram that's, in. That's that's my second thing. That's my second thing. Uh-oh. Okay. Second thing, my one-two punch. Recall, I've activated his trap card. Yes, you've activated my trap card. Okay, this is this is more going to Western developers and also to Sony because for some reason Sony desperately wants to be a Western developer. Okay, developers, Western developers, Sony, why do you know attractive characters? I mean, I, I know that I talked about you know that, that one character from The Last of Us Two and said she's a, she, she's a beautiful queen, but uh, aesthetically. She leaves much to be desired. Roid rage and monster, dude. <laughs> like kind of a problem with a lot of characters now. Like for instance, you know, uh, for what? Why does you know Mary Jane in Spooderman Two look like Gwen Quagmire due to their like giant, you know, chiseled chin? Uh, basically, it, you know, I've, I've seen an answer to this. I've actually seen the answer to this. It's all self-insert fan fiction, dude. Uh, the reason April O'Neil looks like a homeless person in that crappy Seth Rogen, like not Turtles movie, is because that's like that's the lead actress. They literally just insert themselves. They're they're not trying to make interesting characters. They're trying to insert themselves. And meanwhile, a particular you know bespectacled villain in glasses once commented, "Well, we're in a video game, so of course everyone's going to be at least reasonably attractive because that's what draws." Again, guys, it's the Panderstone. You you want the biggest audience possible without going recursive, so you you want your characters to be at least conventionally attractive, so so you, you get the biggest audience pull. But Western devs are now like I remember everyone made such a big fuss over the the. Was it Horizon Dawn or whatever it was called? I didn't play them. But I saw an interview after the first game came out. And they were like, oh, well, we had to like change the model of the, the lead actress in the game because like the, the, the lady we based her on looked like she was ready to cry at any minute. And I'm like, what? <laughs> really? You guys were allowed to say that and not get like absolutely massacred just on social media? But I guess like the first game didn't apparently have that big of a, a reach. So apparently nothing came of it. And then they did it again in the second game and made her even uglier. And they're like, oh, well, say, she's going to like a war torn environment. And I'm like, 
yeah, guess what? No one cares. Because <laughs> you just you, you took a very attractive actress and just uglified her to uglify her because that's just that's the trend this week, I guess. Yeah, honestly, um, I think I, I want to say the only person, the only people who played uh, Horizon Zero Dawn the first were like literally Kotaku, Polygon, and the Lone Ranger because they are the <laughs> only people I have seen that like have talked about it. Yeah. The Ranger, you are my bro, but sometimes your gaming tastes worry me. You need to you need to get a better game, uh, computer so we can play Warframe again, my dude. Yeah, seriously. We also need to do something about Australian internet. <laughs> which is which is the real devil of the situation. I mean, that is also pretty far away, so I mean <laughs> Yeah, but like we, we literally Hold have... on, hold on, hold on. Zach, are you saying you're going to run for Prime Minister of Australia? <laughs> yes, as a matter of fact, I'm going to run for Prime Minister of Australia while I'm also being the President CEO of Activision Blizzard. Uh, it's always been my dream to be the uh, head of state of a foreign country to which I have no ties or allegiance, and also to own a megacorp, which I also owe no ties or allegiance, so that way I can truly become the villain of my own cyberpunk dystopia. And I think Australia would be a great testing ground because, honestly, they're just so easy going down there. I don't think anyone would notice. That that's a joke, wow, guys. That's a joke. real. I'm joking. I'm joking. I love you, Australians. You you kangaroos are all great. I'm joking. Unless you guys are would be actually okay with it. At which point, I will. At which point, I will. I will totally do it. If you guys vote me in, I'll do it. Okay, I promise. I won't do half as bad a job as your last few attempts. I just. <laughs> I'll have to ask Lorder Ranger. It's like okay. Let's say hypothetically, you saw the hipster snack show up on a ballot. Would you vote for me? <laughs> That's going to be my litmus test, guys. I don't know. <laughs> I have a wanker. <laughs> I don't have arms. I don't think you can call a snack that. Uh, uh, and we're far enough into the video to say stuff like that. It's fine. <laughs> no, it's uh, fine. I, I'll let Noodle get I away mean, with worse. Yeah, his Flareon. <laughs> oh no that was amazing no regrets yeah you weren't there for that were you i was not uh, no clockwork was, was not that was uh you me and noodle i believe because uh yeah and the worst part was is he busted it out like right when we started and i'm like okay i'm gonna leave now <laughs> <laughs> okay bye you said as he ran for the door yeah. Yep. See, now there was a lot wrong with gaming and guys. It's super easy to get bogged down in these negatives. I get it. You know, I've been there. Like I, when a, a lot of my don't make games like were really really popular videos. But the reason I stopped doing them is because I don't want to add to that just morass of negativity cuz there's already too much. Guys, seriously, uh, do yourselves a favor and find the gold that is there. If you don't like a particular game, cool. 
don't play it, don't buy it, don't support it. But if you do like a game, support it with all your heart, okay? <laughs> like, there are so many good games. We live in the era of unprecedented choice. We have all these awesome games. We have all this cool stuff. We have hardware that lets us do stuff we never could before. And, like, the archivists are working hard, so we have all the old games, too, on top of all the new stuff coming out. And indie games now have all these new tools they didn't have a few years ago that they can make these really cool games with. So, like, guys, there's a lot to fix, and those things should be fixed. But don't forget, there's a lot of there's a lot of cool stuff out there. Okay, like there's a lot of cool stuff. There's always hope. I was not expecting Ultra Kaiju Monster Rancher, but then Tecmo was like, "Hey, do you like Ultraman and Monster Rancher and want to see them put into a blender and hit puree?" And I was like, "Yes." As a matter of fact, I do. Thank you. <laughs> like unexpected and good Wait, things can happen. Specific question. <laughs> Snack thought to himself. <laughs> Yeah, but like, it is something that I want, so... As a matter of fact, yes. Now that you've asked, that is something I like. And, like, there's so much good out there, guys. Don't don't fixate on the negative, okay? Address the negative. Don't ignore it, because, like, ignoring it's not going to help. Address it, but don't fixate. All right? Fix it. Don't fixate. How's that for a catchphrase? <laughs> That's pretty good. I like that. I just came up with that. And and like, if you like games, and and you should, and it would be really weird if you were listening to this podcast for almost an hour now, and you're not even a gamer. Like, what are you doing? <laughs> Please tell me. I'm genuinely curious. <laughs> but like, that, I was going to say that's your campaign slogan now: fix, not fixate. <laughs> fix it. Fix it, not fixate. Yes. No, and it's like. Ah, there, there are so much good. There are so many good games. There's so many good crowds to run with. Like one of the things that I've been genuinely pleased with. Like we all play Final Fantasy XIV, and like 90 percent of the people we play with are super cool. And, and we've ended up making friends. Uh, Snakina Snekovich's voice actress. We met via Final Fantasy XIV, and we became buddies. So like, really, really positive community. Like. Okay, you know what? I'll get props where they're due. I'll go one step further. When I played World of Warcraft, I, I did the, the trial version, and the people in the beginner chat, super helpful. Like, I didn't understand one of the mechanics because I played a hunter, and they introduced, like, oh, you can capture monsters and turn them into your pets. And I'm like, okay, I have no idea what I'm doing. How do I do this? And guys in the chat were like, oh, well, you do this. And they explained it to me in a way that made sense, and they weren't rude or nasty or condescending about it. They were actually super cool. And that was awesome. And that kind of thing is the, the sort of thing that will make people want to play your game more. And you know what game exemplifies this? Deep Rock Galactic. I, <laughs> I have comments on one of my Trials of Mana videos because I made a joke about pointy-eared leaf lovers. I have at least like three Rock and Stone comments in the comment section from people who saw that one dumb joke and jumped on the opportunity. <laughs> I think Rock and Stone is probably one of the most weirdly I don't know how to phrase this properly so you can help me fix it. it it's like it's 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 like an underground like you say it and then like a bunch of people will just come out of the world and go Rock and Stone? Yeah, Whoa. it's like it, it, it's simple but it's evocative because because it, it works because not only is it punchy, Rock and Stone, three words, bam. 
rock having multiple meanings, stone literally only having the one meaning in this context. So people are like, yeah, rock and stone, and it's a sign of solidarity. It's a game that every single element of the game was built around helping your teammates. Because if you don't rock and stone, you ain't coming home. That, that, that's it. <laughs> and, and that's, yeah, this, this game could be a case study for game theory going forward, showing how to build positive communities within a gaming environment. That's a, that, that could be another great uh, podcast episode. I'm not going to get too Warframe. into the weeds. Warframe, yes. When, when uh, everything is PvE, it doesn't matter if your frame is jank, because they're all jank. And that's the beauty of it. Yeah, but see, the funny thing is, is like pretty much all the the frames are bu- also busted too. So it's yeah, it's a, yeah, yeah. Every Using frame is busted and jank at the same time. It's beautiful, actually. I mean, I guess there's like technically PvP in in like the one room you can build in your like clubhouse, but like that's not where the focus is. <laughs> 99% of the game is PVE. So like everyone just gets to go nuts with their crazy frame powers and feel really cool doing it. Also, the game is not balanced for that. I've tried yeah. doing that with a couple of friends and we just pretty much one shot each other. Yeah. Cause you can, you can oh basically my, kit a weapon to just. do. <laughs> yeah. Cause like you can basically oh. kit your weapon to do just a billion, billion damage. The real PvP is uh, the uh, obstacle course who can complete the obstacle course fastest. <laughs> That's and true. Find the, and, and find the and find the jankiest, weirdest shortcuts that the <laughs> game will not actually kick you out of. That'll let you go through the uh, the finish line easier. <laughs> yeah, and and see that that's the beauty of it. That that's that is such a good thing. Um, yeah, no, I think I think it's a really good note to, to end out the episode what do, do you guys have any comments i was going to point out that um the uh as nick has pointed out a bunch of times the indie scene has also where a good amount of the the gems are coming out of um as i've talked about and if you like narrative games i've told both uh, the bros here about it about it a uh, disco elysium is probably as some a lot of people put it one of the probably the best narrative games out there right now point and click like story wise was going to record that for the channel but there's there's so much profanity i can't cut it all out and not get demonetized so it's it's one of those games i would probably recommend you don't just because it's it's um and not because of that it's it's very it's a lot better to play it without the the context of content and if i if i make sense without the yeah. i think one i think uh, i think a, a youtuber put it the uh the uh the the debuff the the content debuff as it were <laughs> <laughs> no that that checks out actually um another na- great narrative game i've played recently that i've had a lot of was called citizen sleeper which is pretty much the story about you as an android running away from the corporation on a uh, on a uh, derelict um, uh, space station that you land on, and you have to survive. You have to survive and try to run away from them. That's pretty much as much I would give you. Very fun. I've enjoyed. I have it. Um, Bomber Cyberpunk. Uh, a game that, and a lot of people will tell me that's not like that's not a lot of game in that game. I'm like yes, but if you are one of those people who like. Well, I'll say art in the quotation mark. If you like music, if you like the art style, if you like the graffiti art, the game provide. There's a lot more to like it than just the gameplay, which there is a little only a bit of gameplay in a sense because you don't really do much more than ride around and just kind of vibe, as one would say. 
Um, <laughs> but if you if that is what you like, then that is what you like. Just like how not everyone might might might, might not like Citizen Sleeper or Disco Elysium because there might not be not that much into narrative games. Um, yeah, there's just a lot of games out there right now. Um, I'm missing one. I had it in my head uh, and I can't think of it. Um, unfortunately, it'll probably come back to me later. I might uh, back to and. 2025 or 26 whenever this post i'll probably put it in the comments what i what i was thinking of <laughs> no that, that, that's fair or i mean i could just play planescape torment again which i probably should do it's a really good game have you have you ever played that one there professor admittedly i have not oh it is it is good it is good it's like uh old school Baldur's gate but it's a lot more uh narrative and a lot less uh you wander into a pack of dire wolves and just die because the game is horribly hard. That's fair. I'll, I'll, I'll look into that. Oh, it, it's on Steam. I checked the other day because I'm like, ah, you know, I, I'd really like to play Planescape Torment again. And uh, I really am not big into the good old games thing, which I probably should be, but eh. eh it has its purposes. Yeah. Now, so, so uh, I think that brings us to a good stopping point. So thank cool. you for listening. If you are still listening, uh, you you king among men, or queen among women, I guess, or whatever, uh, thank you. Uh, if you liked what you heard today, like it. Subscribe for more, because more like this comes out all the time. Always updating, always good stuff here on Channel Snack. And the Tomo Bros frequently cameo and assist me with many of the things that I do here. So thank you, Clockwork Fiction and Itaku, for joining me again today. No, no problem. problem. Have a great one, everybody. Real, real, you know, real MVP is the listener. You gem amongst gamers. See <laughs> what I did there? <laughs> Very smooth. So... This has been the Hipster Snack, and thank you for joining us for another episode of the Tomodachi Bros podcast. Leave a comment down below. Did we hit on some of the things that burn your cheese? Uh, if we missed something, let us know. Like, what, what is it that irritates you? Uh, we'd love to hear it. So this is the Hipster Snack, and we're signing off for now. Thank you for listening to the Tomodachi Brothers Review Podcast, produced and recorded by The Hipster Snack, Ditaku, and Cog. Sound design and editing by executive producer Sean Taylor Brown with Cog Sound Engineering. Music written and performed by Sean Taylor Brown with Costas Voss of Core Inside Studio on the drums. We hope you enjoyed this episode. See you next time.